time. Woo! And welcome, everybody. Welcome. The Wendell Clark edition of Hatrick Hockey. Ant here, as always, with the boys, the two Leaf fans. That's why I figured I would throw out the Wendell Clark edition for you guys. We'll bring in Rob first. Rob, what's going on, buddy? How was your weekend? Oh, I did a lot of work at Misty's house. Cut down a couple trees, drank some mimosas, <laughs> you know. Did that interview? That was good, too. And we'll bring in Wally. Wally, what's going on, buddy? How was your weekend? Oh, it was fantastic, man. Just uh, Friday night, uh, kind of spent the night in with the old lady. And uh, Saturday night, went to the backstage in Windsor and rock 80s hair night. Oh. Fuck yeah! <laughs> 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 80s hair night i was born in the 80s i don't even think i had hair <laughs> well boys i had last week at work man so i went into this new area at work so man and i started on the hardest jobs like learning the hardest jobs it kicked the shit out of me i'm still sore <laughs> so it was a rough week but this week on a little bit better job i should say so it's a little better this week but fingers crossed so we'll see how that goes hopefully the pain goes away soon so we'll jump back we'll jump into it real quick here so off the hop seattle kraken have hired gary roberts as their sports science and performance consultant what do you guys think of that because that guy is a machine like still works out like crazy rob um I think they're going to be the toughest team in the league now. You think so? Yeah. Why? That guy is a beast. And if they, if they got to play anything like he played, That's what I mean. And coming fresh out of the gate, there's kind of little expectations kind of, right? Like it's just go out and play type deal wall. What about you? Well, you know, Seattle, uh, oddly enough, uh, did a little research on Seattle, and just for people's information, the Seattle Metropolitans is the first U.S. team to win a Stanley Cup. Oh, snap. 1917. 1917, first U.S. team to win a cup. As for Roberts, I'm totally with Rob on that one. That guy is a beast, especially when it comes to uh, performance and stuff like that. He's had guys under him the whole time. He's been retired. And Seattle's starting to get the ball rolling. Ron Francis is in there at GM. Uh, you got the new uh, – arena on the go you know what i mean there's lots of stuff happening there uh you know and uh i think they're going to be a tough team man not to mention their head coach too right gerard gallant is their head coach so like they're building a fucking wagon over there in seattle i can't wait to see him come in i think they're coming in the 2021 22 season is it is that or is it i think that's right 21 is it not Actually, yeah, they might be in next year. I think they. I wonder when the. I wonder when the, when the uh, draft is for them. Then we'll have to check that out and let everybody know because I know I'll be tuning into that for sure. You, you don't. You don't think. You don't think there's going to be high expectations with them coming into the league after what Vegas has done. Well, yeah, but do you think that how many teams have come into the league and realistically done that? Maybe two. Well, since they they've changed the whole uh, spectrum of it, when it comes to your drafting now, because you're only allowed to what protect protect six guys. I think so, so. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're you're get you're get you're getting cream of the crop. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you're getting cream of the crop, and then on top of that, from what I've seen this year in free agency and how much teams are getting some pretty stellar people for, 
I don't think Seattle's going to have a problem at all putting a roster together. Yeah, you guys could be right. Also, too, um, for that uh, draft there, how they do everything, if you're on an entry-level deal, you cannot be picked. Right. So, so they can't go after someone's, like, freaking first overall pick or something like that. So they can't do that. So anybody on an entry-level deal. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. I can't wait for that draft because I can't wait to see how it is. Um, I can see it. It's going to be a, a team that's got teams are going to be doing a lot of uh, dumping high caps when mm-hmm. that comes along. Yeah, true, right? What's the cap? No. The cap's like what? It's like 70 or 80 million or something for the year or something yeah. like that? No, I'm just saying you might have three years left on a contract and not be interested in the guy and you're just going to wave him. You know what I mean? It's yeah. $4 million less than what uh, Matthews makes. Yeah. Jesus, dude, that's insane, man. Insane. I can't believe that. We'll move on, though. Did you see what's going on in Chicago right now? Yeah, it's a shit show. See, here's the thing. They, I guess Kane and Taves are pissed because apparently they said that they were in a rebuild. And those guys, they they said that they were like, well, we weren't notified that we were in a rebuild. So... Do you think that it's wrong on management for those guys to not let these guys know that we're in on a rebuild? Or, like, what do you think? I don't think that's rude at all. You don't think so? Why? Change. You know what I mean? You got to go with the flow. I mean, it was. So those guys are just, you know, like, I mean, I don't think they're on a complete rebuild. Obviously, they've got Dave King. You know what I mean? They've got quite a few other guys, too, you know? Like, so. Uh, I guess what they're I'm thinking what Chicago is trying to state is is we are going to like you know rebuild around you you know Mm -hmm. I I don't think as I don't think it's like oh we've had enough of the Taves and Kane here because if that is what they're saying that just makes them stupid so Mm -hmm. Rob I I don't think Kane and Kays are happy about what's going on because usually you bring in your top dogs and you say this is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. But my understanding is they got it like a via text or something. Yeah. What's going on. Like it, it was like the, the Chicago publicist put it out for everybody to see before Kane and Taves were even talked to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's not even right. You think though, like, honestly, I think that they should have been notified in some sort of way i know they're not making any of the like choices and they're not signing any checks and they're not anything like that but i just think of guys that have been on that team their whole career what they've done for the organization what they've done for the city what they've done just all around there i just thought that they deserved a little bit of a of a heads up shall we say, you know what I mean? Like, even if it's, Hey, listen, we're not going to be as strong over the next year or so, but if you bear with us, we'll maybe unload some deals, unload some cash and we'll bring in some more guys or something to work with you guys for those guys to find out the way they did is not a good look for the Blackhawks right now. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure they're not happy about it, but then again, you know what I mean? It's pecking order, man. There's scouts. There's a, you know, general managers. That's, that's their job. Mm-hmm. but also well, too, they'll do what they want exactly mm-hmm. but i just think for guys that won you three or four fucking you know 
cups or whatever. I just think that they should have been, I don't know. It's a, it's not like a have to thing. It's more of a courtesy kind of thing. You know what I mean? But I don't know. So we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll keep our eye on that situation because we haven't really heard much since then. So we'll look after that. Also, speaking of big news, I've seen it's maybe just a rumor, but apparently Chara and the Leafs are linked. Have you guys heard or seen anything on that? I heard that uh, the Leafs were in talks, but then I also heard the minute Boston heard out the Leafs were in talks with them, they instantly got a hold of Chara. That's pretty well swiped off the table because if Boston's caught having in talks with Chara, you know he's going back there. Mm-hmm. Rob, do you think the if same thing? Person, I wouldn't mind seeing Char in a, in a new league jersey myself. That put their average age up to like 52. <laughs> Probably, yeah. You could, the guy's could, such a beat, though. Like, I mean, you know, if you stare at him, what, what is he? I think he's six foot eight. And then, I mean, you got to put about four inches on the bottom of that. So then you're looking at seven feet. So he's ducking under doors and walking around. You know what I mean? Uh, he spreads his arms apart and puts the longest stick in the NHL in the one hand, and you're looking at almost 16-foot wingspan. Jesus. I mean, what else do you want in a defenseman? And another thing is, is how we've been talking about the Leafs, and you need to get some grit and shit like that, there's no fucking tough guys on the ice when Chara's out there. That is true. Yeah, it's probably the toughest guy in the There's no one's fucking with Chara. Yeah. Nobody will fuck with Chara. Maybe with how large of a guy he is, maybe he can sign a deal with the Raptors too. Probably good. <laughs> maybe, right? He's tall enough. He's probably taller than a few of their players. I would put money on it. Did you know that he can open up the penalty box door and his bench door at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> Stretch Armstrong. Stretch Chara. That's funny. Um also, the uh, the NHL is also going to shove back the Winter Classic and the All-Star Game. They're going to push them back to 2022. So, they're going yeah. back about a year and a half or so. So, I imagine that's just so they can put some asses in the seats maybe. Because you know what I mean? Why would you have an All-Star Game and stuff like that if you can't have fans there? That's the reason yeah, why, that's, 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 that's the reason why you do it. I don't think they're going to be allowed to do anything outside of the realm of what's going to be that bubble they're trying to imply. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I just don't, unless it's under the written rules of what's coming up from coronavirus, I don't think it's happening. Apparently, they're going to open the season on Lake Louise, was the rumor. Wouldn't that be fucking cool? That would be cool. Like, see those guys playing like a bunch of kids outdoor? Like that mountains in the background, that'd be sweet. That'd be real sick. I didn't even have that in my notes. That just came off the top of my dome because I heard it the other day. But yeah, that was pretty yeah. Nice. I used to live in Lake Louise. It's a beautiful place, and I could totally see that happening there with the views in the background. It would just be stunning. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. Before we get too far from the Leafs, Travis Dermott also signed a one-year extension, eight hundred and twenty-four k. What do you guys think on that? Being Leaf fans, Rob. I think it's great. And that, think, another steal. I think he was one of the better Leaf defensemen. So he's a young kid. Mm-hmm. I, I like that signing. But then again, here we go. We, we're looking at the top three guys on Toronto taking all the money, mm-hmm. you know, 
and most of these guys want to stay in Toronto just to be part of it. Yeah. So you got a guy like Dermot who is a million dollar player accepting 800 fucking thousand dollars because Mr. Uh, Clapping bombs and wheeling moms is taking all the cash. <laughs> I never heard of, I never heard that one before. That's if a saw that picture, I'll, uh, I'll post it on our hat trick hockey website. Oh, that's fucking great. Wall, what about you? What do you think? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm pretty well with Rob on that issue. You know, working, she is what she is. I, I think Dermot's a good defenseman. I just think they've done a lot of good signings over the year. Not, I mean, he's great. I think it's a great signing, but I mean. Mm-hmm. With everything else Toronto's done up to now and the people they brought in, be it DJ Brody, be it, you know, John Bowl, be it, you know, keeping everybody on the on the roster that they can, mm-hmm. they've done pretty well. Dermot's a good fit. I agree. Even though it's not much of a cut, kind of, but he still took, a, to me, he took a cut for the boys, you know what I mean? Like, I think he obviously could have got more money, too. And uh, so to me, by him doing that, it's kind of him taking a hometown kind of discount, kind of just because he wants to stay, right? Well, you think of guys like Jumbo saying the stuff he was about Toronto and how excited he is about coming and the rumors swirling about Charo was thinking about it. This is pre-Boston talking to him. Mm -hmm. But I'm just saying you can see the interest in the league of wanting to be a part of this because they can see, you know, the direction it's Mm -hmm. going, which is obviously and hopefully. Yeah. The other thing, too, is if those guys go there and win a cup, man, you are instantly a fucking legend if you win the cup in Toronto. Their next cup, you it's like instantaneously you're a legend. <laughs> like, in all honesty, I think, I think Toronto winning the cup would be the biggest thing in the NHL in the last 50 years. Absolutely. I'm not even a Leafs fan, and I would agree with you 100% on that. 100%. And when's the last time the cup was in Canada, boys? 93 when the Habs won it it's the last time so it's due to come back it's just a matter of who's gonna get it (laughs) but right now if you had to pick all the teams in Canada right now the Leafs have the best shot by miles right so I don't know we'll see boys good luck (laughs) hopefully for like for like you guys that they win would be nice I'll drink a couple beers with you anyways but I mean you know what I mean but uh Toronto What's that? It's an in Toronto will be drinking them beers. Well, Not a doubt. I would be downtown Toronto 100% for sure. <laughs> and you're bringing a camera with you and you're going to record some stuff for us. <laughs> Put oh, it on yeah. the show. Real quick before we slide over to our interview, um, Tyler Bertuzzi and Iserman will be in arbitration on Sunday. So they couldn't agree on a salary. Um, what, what would you guys pay? And I'm not even gonna be a fan here what would you guys pay him even if it was just a one-year deal so if you had to base it on a one-year deal what do you think he's worth well go ahead you first well i i just seen that uh jake for signed a two-year 2.55 annually okay would i say for twosies better than jake for I'd say they're pretty equal. So, I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know if Bertuzzi's just trying to push the thing, but I mean, a lot of guys are out there right now accepting the money they're accepting because rather than look at it like, you know, a stepping stone to get more money, I mean, we're in a pandemic, having a job and, you know, 
yeah. keep it working is a good idea too. And, you know, I think everyone's got a soft spot right now for not taking the big money. You know what I mean? Well, a lot of people do anyway, but you know, I, I, I wouldn't, I, I'd say no more than that, you know? Okay. Rob, you? In all honesty, I, I don't know him well enough to say how much, but like I, I have seen him play. I've seen some highlights from the kid and, and yeah, he, he can go. He's a, he, he's a, he's a tough and tumble hockey player, mm-hmm. but I, as for money, I, I, I don't know what he should make. I really don't. I don't know uh, who he's comparable to. Mm-hmm. And now like Wally was saying, just to touch on, uh, not him, just to touch on it. <laughs> he, uh... that everybody's taking pay cuts. Yeah. You know? So is he a million dollar guy for sure? I would say, yeah. Um, well, here's the I think thing. everybody in the NHL is a million-dollar guy. Yeah, if you're there. If you're there. It's the best league in the world. If you're there, you should be right. making at least a million bucks. However, when it comes to him, he's he's a heart and soul guy, right? Like, he'll score. He'll put up, like, uh, I don't know, 20 a year, let's say, and he'll muck it up all over the place, and he'll fight, and he'll be in the middle of all the shit and everything. So in that aspect, he's kind of good because the Red Wings don't really have a player of that kind of does a little bit of everything. It's either kind of one or the other. I would rate him. If, I, if he even came on a one-year deal, I would say 1.5 maybe to two. And even if that's a little bit of an overpayment, shall we say for him the red wings got the cap space so what's what's a half a million dollar over fucking payment for a kid that's yeah, been there for CPY for keeping the rain steady you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it doesn't matter that like you know i've got all this money left you know what i mean I, I, mm-hmm. you know he's still basically uh preparing contracts based on what he was preparing contracts mm-hmm. on three months ago you mm-hmm. know what i mean it, it doesn't mean he changes and oh I've got an extra a bunch of money here. You're the lucky guy. You know what I mean? Like it just right. it doesn't matter. You want to keep the reins tight. And you know, if uh if Bertuzzi doesn't realize everyone's taking a pay cut and he doesn't want to follow suit, well he, he might not find himself in the red machine. So I don't know what to say really. I and think he played seventy he played seventy one games last year. He had twenty one goals, twenty seven assists for forty eight points. He was also a minus 23. That's yeah, yeah. on a really That's bad. where he's not the best. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I think the only reason why they're, they're headed in to, to do all that on Sunday is because I think they were more than a million dollars apart. So that's probably why they're headed in there, I would assume. So hopefully they get a deal because I would like to see him back. Um, Maybe Bertuzzi wants them. Yeah, that's anything's possible. I'm gonna keep my. I'm gonna keep what I want high because I, I. I want you to just wave me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's could be true too. That's a, that's a way to do it. Yeah, I mean, he's just been through an entirely brutal year. What says he wants to go back to another one? If he doesn't see the the improvements made on the roster and he feels it's going to be the same kind of year, maybe that's what he's doing. You know? Yeah, anything's possible. We're gonna find out on Sunday, right? Because I don't maybe know. They if- should pick up that purple kid. I would love that, actually. You know how happy I was when he came over, in, like in the first place. I was like, "All right," you know what I mean. And then, so who knows? I would love, would love to see him there. Would love to see him there. So, real quick, boys, what do you say? We flip it over to the interview. Yep, let's go. This total beaut or what? <laughs> who had some pretty funny oh, stories? Great. great guy. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy Mr. Lee Harris. Roll it. And this episode of Patrick Hockey is brought to you by Eric Standell, Remax Realtor. If you want your house sold, you need to call Eric. You boys know him, eh? Oh, Hell yeah. Yeah, butte. Total butte. Total butte. And this next cat on with us, boys, is another fellow Harrow boy. Not only known for his for his figure skating, sorry, but also his hand in the hockey world as well. He now serves as the current skating coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets. I want to give a big hat trick hockey welcome to Mr. Lee Harris. Lee. Oh. How's it going, man? How is it? Okay, welcome, guys. Hey, I'm glad to be here and uh, glad to talk to some uh, local boys uh, back in Harrow. So how how's that everything there with all the like COVID stuff? Yeah, you know it's it's been pretty crazy. I um, you know it, right when it happened, you know you find out that you're going to be locked up for two weeks, and you're like, ah, oh, I can't be that bad. And here we are, what eight months later, still thinking the same thing. So with no, um, with no vision of finishing this. Yeah, I, yeah honestly, I you know I, I know it's a little different for you guys back home than it is down here. Uh, I'm still talking to my family up there, and you know getting the lowdown with your hockey world. And but um, you know it, it's been crazy, but um, luckily I got two young girls that keep it interesting and uh, keep me busy at home when I am here. So. Another fucking dad rocket. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and hey, we got, I got two girls and a, and a boy on the way. So yeah, so we're pretty excited. And, you know, my dad, you know, obviously carrying on that Harris name is pretty important and uh, we're pretty excited yeah. about it. Awesome, man. That's great. So when we were like way younger, so I would, we would play, our games would be Friday nights. Mm-hmm. So before we get into Lee's like, uh, well, everything he does, the guy does a ton of shit. <laughs> so he would play after us on Friday nights, and I would stay and watch the game, and I would laugh at guys trying to knock this guy off the puck because he wasn't the largest guy out there, was definitely one of the fastest, but because of everything he did on the ice, you couldn't knock him off the puck. So it was everybody running at him. He's dodging hits, just scoring goals like crazy. So like one of the first things I'll ask you is what made you just fall in love with being on the ice? Like what made you like, I love it out here because you did like figure skating, you played minor hockey growing up. So what is it? Mm-hmm. Well, let's clarify right off the bat. Um, I'm still not the biggest guy on the ice. So, <laughs> but, but I will, I will say I still got my wheels, you know, the, the young kids still say like, look at this guy move, you know? So um, yeah, you know, uh, growing up in Harrow and uh, my parents emigrated from Great Britain when they were 1920. My dad played rugby for Wales, being a big um, athlete himself. Um, he wanted to throw us into, you know, the Canadian lifestyle. So um, I'm the, the youngest of three. My brother and sister were already at the rink and um, I just followed suit. And I think I got on the ice when I was three. And, um, you know, I started with hockey, I think, for six months. And my dad, again, being an athlete, was like, if you're going to be good at something, you got to be on the ice more than once a week. So he threw me in the the can skate there in Harrow. And um, so it allowed me to be on the ice, you know, two, three times a week, which definitely helped out at those young years. Um, And, and yeah, from there, I just kind of did both all the way up and um, loved it. I, you know, looking back now and when I was about 15, 16 years old, not kidding you, I was on the ice about seven, eight hours a day. Um, but never, you know, obviously you got your hard days and things like that, but just love being at the rink, just love watching hockey, watching my brother and, and the guys that were older than us and um, being around it. So 
um, you know, it's definitely just following my brother and sister the rink and falling in love with with the whole game. So. You spend more time at the rink than I do at work. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know what? That hasn't changed. And, you know, and even to this day, I, I love it. And, uh, but yeah, it's true. I, it was a full-time job for me. And, you know, I never looked at it like that. And I still don't. But um, a lot of hours on the ice looking back. That's awesome. I'd like to ask you a question. I, I, so as a person in your profession right now, I'd, I'd like you to explain to both parents and young kids that are just getting their kids on the ice, throwing them into the hockey world kind of thing of the importance of power skating and skating in general. Yeah. You know, it, it, I still preach this to any parent that, that comes up to me and say, what should I do at any level? I'm like, you know, be, you know, any sport has you know, like their different variances and, and hardships, but you think of skating, you know, it's completely different than anything else you do. And um, being on that blade and finding that balance and getting over on the edges, it just, you can't get that just like, you know, like I just said, once or twice a week, you got to be out there. It's time on task. So um, as much as the kids can get out there and it doesn't have to be in private lessons, doesn't have to be in a team oriented thing, just get out there and have fun and, and start learning the balance. Uh, you know, I tell parents that kid could be at home with their skate guards on and find that balance, anything that they can do to find their center of gravity. Because like I said, it's completely different than any other sport and um, which also makes it, you know, different and, and fun in that, in that regard. Right. Do you start teaching the skating with the chair still? Uh, do I know? You know what? They actually don't let that down here. Um, but I, I am a fan of it. I'm like, hey, anything, you know, you know my, my big thing, if I have a parent that has like a two or three year old and they're like, hey, we want to get them on the ice. And I'm like, my number one thing is I want them to have a great experience the first time. You know, I want them to love it. I want them to get out there and just smile and, you know, get on that ice and feel what we did growing up. So that's my biggest thing above anything else. So if that's a chair, if that's a bucket, if that's anything just to hold them up and get them smiling just for 10 minutes, then they're going to want to keep coming back and they're going to fall in love with it. I still show up with my hockey bag and my chair. for. <laughs> 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 yeah, well, you know. <laughs> so real quick, before we dive into all the – all the like um, hockey and all that stuff. So when you used to work on a cruise ship, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. How that, long were you there for? I was there for five years and that was after I did my whole competitive career. Um, if you think about the figure skating world, it's a little bit different. It, you know, you look at the, the Olympic at the Olympics and the Olympians on TV, you, you think everyone thinks that they're the professionals, but they're not making much money, you know, unless you're like the Michelle Kwans and the big names that, that, that you're going to know Elvis Stoico is there, you know, obviously they're going to make the money. The rest of those guys on TV, they're just day in, day out doing it for the love and trying to get to that dream. So um, that's the, um, the amateur world. They're not making any money. Um, and then once I retired, I think I was, um, let's see here. I was 23 once I uh, retired and then I went to the pro ranks and yeah, I was on the uh, Royal Caribbean cruise lines. They, uh, I think they have like maybe 13 to 15 ice rinks out there on their cruise ships, which is just wow. un unbelievable. Um, but yeah, that, that was a um, uh, unreal world. Um, we could dive back into that a little bit because I got uh, some good stories for you, but looking back now that those five years traveling the world, being out on the, you know, the ocean and skating, meeting some of the best friends ever was, you know, just a dream. I've seen one freaking clip. You had her on your head 
No hands, yeah. no hands on her whatsoever. Just both of you just spinning like crazy. How does she not fly off? Like I was like, oh my god, when she I got a big belly button. <laughs> 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 it's like a suction cup. I get her off. I pop off my head. Like um, seriously, how do you do that stuff without her flying off of you? Yeah, you know, like um, even when you know you're starting to learn the the big lifts off ice, um, you know, it's all muscle, and you know, it takes a lot of strength to get you know to to learn the tricks. But by the times you by the time you do these tricks a hundred times, you know, it's all just timing, and it just comes together. And not to make it sound, um, you know, that about the hard work that went into it, but by the time you see it, it's super easy. You know, um, it's a lot of just timing and, uh, centrifugal force that she's on my head that, you know, by the time I let go, she's just sitting there. Um, now not saying that things can't go wrong because again, we're in the middle of the ocean and we had the waves and there's times where put her on my head, start spinning, you know, she's locked in and then we'll hit a wave and I'm doing this. You see my head going down, 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 (laughs) just to, just to keep her on there. eh? So um, you know, it's, uh, it's a really cool trick. It was a showstopper. We get the, you know, a pretty big uh, cheer after that one. Um, but like I said, it's just time on task practice and it's pretty good. It's insane. Go ahead, guys. Fire away. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> so how, how did, how did you end up, uh, getting to be a skating coach? Yeah. So, um, trying to backtrack here, um, you know, Kind of, you know, as I talked about growing up in Harrow with the minor hockey stuff and, you know, I was going through figure skating the whole time, you know, so I had a, you know, I have a very unique um, aspect and a hybrid-esque with the, with the blade being a hockey player and a figure skater all my life. So, um, you know, and figure skating, they, they constantly teach you from the ground up body awareness. You're constantly working on the upper body. You're working on your balance. You're working on, you know, things that us as hockey players growing up, there's none of that talk. It's like, go hard, you know pivot go backwards now it's different with all the skills coaches and where the game is you have to know that stuff you need to know where your body positioning is and stuff like that but back in the day you know we weren't taught that stuff and I think that was something that you know gave me a great advantage over the other players that I was with is that I kind of had that training from the ground up so my skating was on a different level because of that um but yeah, you know, growing up in Harrow and then, you know, doing the figure skating route. And then, um, you know, after I retired from the cruise ships and, you know, traveling, you know, I did some shows in Germany and things. Um, I followed, um, I was dating a girl at the time from Columbus, Ohio. And, you know, when we weren't traveling and um, on the ships, we'd come back here, you know, just for vacation for a month or so um, and pop back up to Harrow and Windsor and see the family. But uh, mainly stay down here and um, started coaching a little bit um, all my time off, make some money. And, um, but once I retired, we ended up back here. And, um, you know, at that time, the Blue Jackets were about nine, 10 years old, you know, a super young um, hockey market here. And um, literally, like on on the open sessions, I'd be the only coach out there, you know, so um, I started coaching, you know, like five, six years earlier, when I was out in Connecticut training. And, um, you know, so I kind of had a background of coaching. So when I was out here, like helping these kids out, they'd improve a ton. And um, being a small hockey market, there's, a, you know, a lot, of, a lot of Canadian guys here, a lot of ex-pros that still live in town. So they started taking notice of this guy that's out here and teaching not the normal power skating stuff. He's teaching stuff that really matters and making a big difference. So um, I got to know a couple of the guys that, you know, were working with the Blue Jacks a little bit. And, you know, the next thing I know, I'm um, getting called down to um, have a meeting with them. 
And um, at that time, I think uh, Barbara Underhill, she was helping out with the Maple Leafs and uh, David Pelche. He was out in Edmonton. And uh, my dad calls me up and he goes, Lee, there's a, a, a big article in the Windsor Star about David Pelche helping out the Edmonton Oilers. Son, you got to get on this. You have this. You know how to do this. You could teach this stuff. So um, I'm like, I know, Dad. I'm just trying to, you know, show what I can do and just grind it out. And he goes, well, you have some friends now. You have connections. You know, make sure they know that you're ready. So, uh, you know, as all our dads do, gave you, you know, an extra, you know, kick in the arm to get going and um, sent that article to my buddy who was a scout at the time with the Jackets. And um, I think he set up an interview three days later. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it it went pretty quick. Um, Next thing I know, I'm uh, downtown sitting in Tim Hortons. Taking pictures of you right now, like. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. No, no, I don't know about the 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 screen uh, disappeared. So I'm glad I'm still here. But um, no, I uh, next thing I know, I'm down in Tim Hortons. We got uh, Tim Hortons attached to the uh, Nationwide Arena, so a little bit of home there. And nice. um, I had a meeting with Chris Clark, who's the, um, at the time, he was the development coach for the Jackets. He's now the um, assistant GM. Um, but yeah, I sat there and had a conversation with him. He, you know, obviously we all know his background. He's a 30 goal scorer in the NHL. He, you know, ended his career here in Columbus. And um, he goes, you know, just, you know, kind of learning my background. He's very interested. And he goes, all right, there's a rink attached right here. Let's get on the ice and you can show me what you can do. So we, um, we put our skates on, we get on the ice and, you know, within 10 minutes, he looks at me and um, he's like, this is a no brainer. We, you know, this is awesome. And he couldn't believe it. And he said, honestly, I should have been doing this my whole career. And um, I think within a week I got a call and they were interested. Nice. Wow. That's an awesome story. So what are some of the the big names you've worked with? So, um, you know, I think, uh, so that was back in 2014 and um, it's a crazy year for the Blue Jackets. If you go look at that, um, the history of it. And, you know, obviously I'm getting thrown in at that time. I'd work with, um, you know, some East Coast hockey players, you know, Josh Zavitz, uh, home, Harold Homeboy, um, still a great friend of mine. And um, on his off seasons, he would, um, him and I would get together and we'd work together. Um, and he actually improved a ton with, you know, what, what we were doing together and put the, the work in as he always has. Um, so, you know, I'd work at, at that level. I did a couple of college players and things like that. But next thing I know, um, I'm on the ice coaching Boone Jenner, you know, he, he was, um, he broke his wrist or his hand or finger and um, he's out there with a cast all the way up to his um, elbow. And um, I think it was his second season. And so we're on the ice, you know, an hour a day for, I think, two, three weeks. And um, then the jackets, it was, it was just an injury prone year. I, I mean, honestly, like um, Felino got hurt. Um, we had uh, Atkinson out there. I mean, if you go back and look at the man hours or man games that were missed, it's just, uh, it had to be close to a record. So, um, you know, I, I pretty much did half the team my first season. And it was just like, you know, the guys, you know, like the, the big thing at that time, you know, it was still f- fairly new with, you know, skating coaches and things like that. And, you know, um, especially the veteran players that hadn't worked on this stuff. They're kind of like, what is this? But um, when you have the young guys that are used to having that, um, the development coaches coming up and they buy into it and they're, they're seeing the results and the veteran players like, you know, let me try that. And they can't do it. You know, they're just athletes and they just want to do it and, and challenge themselves. So it was fun to have them out there and, the, and those guys, you know, 
not just like struggle with it, but then improve and then, you know, respect it. So um, I, I started with Boone and then went through the team and then um, they started sending me out to um, Springfield, Massachusetts, which was the AHL affiliate at the time. So I would um, fly out there. This is a funny story. You know, Clarkie asked me, he goes, Hey, uh, you know, you're doing great around here, but you know, it'd be awesome if you could work with our prospects, you know, get, start getting them going. I'm like, sure. And, and he goes, all right, well, we'll fly you out there. You know, uh, you'll get there early in the morning, get on the ice with the team for an hour, stay overnight, do another hour practice and fly home. So I'm like, yeah, you know, whatever you guys need. So, you know, the first time out there, I'm just like, you know, funny enough is that, you know, when I was training for figure skating, it was out of um, Connecticut. So when I was 18 years old, you know, I, I, um, we should go into that story cause that was pretty crazy. Um, I, I left home for the first time and it was flying into the same airport that I was flying out to, to coach, you know, this AHL team. So I'm like, man, like 10, 12 years difference here that I'm going out to, you know, leave home for the first time and go figure skate. And now I'm going back to coach this whole professional hockey team and, um, just landing in that airport. I'm just, you know, how, how quick life goes, but also, you know, just full circle stuff. So um, I land in uh, Bradley uh, Airport there in Hartford, drive up to, um, you know, Springfield, which I don't know if you've been up there, but it was just middle of winter and cold. There's not much to do, but, you know, the rink is just like, just one of those dive barns, you know, walk in, walk in there and the whole team is just like, who's this guy, you know, and coach comes in, he goes, all right, our skating coach is going to run you guys through a half an hour practice you know, and I'm like, okay, so get on the ice, you know, like I said, when, when, um, this is the, the first year with the jackets and, um, you know, so I was doing groups of five, six, you know, not the whole team. So here we go. I go in there. They have no idea that they even had to do this. You know, they're in their regular routines and stuff. And you got veteran players that had played lots of years in the NHL. And now they got to work on their skating and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, you know, this is time when Kirby Reichel, we just drafted him good Windsor boy. Um, he was there and, you know, I just remember getting him on the line. I'm like, all right, guys on the line, whistle up, you know, four lines, let's go down the ice. Let's work on your edges, whatever, you know? And the guy's just like looking at me like, are you for real? Are we really going back to our basics right now? You know? And within five minutes, I had them all like competing against each other, battling and just like chirping each other and trying to work on their skating and get better. But, you know, it, it kind of like, I was thrown into like kind of a fire and, you know, but watching these guys like within like an hour really, you know, get after it and, and have some fun with it really showed me that, you know, kind of where the mentality of, you know, where these players are, how they want to improve even at the highest level. So it was pretty awesome. Were you wearing your sequence jumpsuit? <laughs> no, I, I, I usually keep that underneath the zipper, you know, underneath the zip coat. I'll show you some real skidding. Hey, who wants to get on the top of the head here? Let's go. <laughs> I'll toe pick. Oh, yeah. I'll push your belly button. <laughs> but, that's, but, that's the, but that's the thing, too, is that, you know, I'm still very, you know, like agile and quick on the ice that, you know, I'm very active when I'm out there. So I'll demonstrate and I'll show them how they should be on their edges. I'll, you know, show the speed, the quick starts and stuff, you know? So, and I think once I, you know, get on the ice with them and they see like, well, this guy's for real, he's got, look at these edges that I don't even have. And I'm at, you know, the top, top level, you know, they buy in and they want to get better, you know? So, you know, I've heard it all, you know, and, yeah. uh, but they definitely respect it. And, you know, the, definitely the kids coming up now, I mean, they're, it's unreal the development that they get that we never got back in the day. 
Yeah, when, when do you think it like that respect actually came into play? Mm-hmm. You know I mean? um, Back in the day when I was younger, it was figure mm-hmm. skating. Then it transformed into power skating. I don't know whether or not that was just to change the words around. I don't really know. And then, yeah. you know what I mean? And the importance of it, as many players I've ever met, always said that they started figure skating before mm-hmm. hockey. Even, you know what I mean? And, and those were the players that always had the edges that you're talking about. For sure. Um, I don't know if you know this, but Datsuk started his first three years in white skates, figure skates, um, back in Russia. I don't know if uh, many people know that, but um, yeah, that's his big story. But yeah, there's something to it. You know, like even nowadays, like I'm in my hockey skates a heck of a lot more than my figure skates. And when I put the figure skates on, if I haven't had them on in a while, it takes me some time to adjust. You know, like the, the boot is a lot tighter. Um, the blade obviously is a lot longer. You got the toe pick up front. You got to really like pay attention to what you're doing and understand the blade on a whole nother level than, you know, not saying hockey's hard or, you know, because it is, but, um, when you have that figure skate on it, it, it can catch up to you pretty quick. And, you know, those toe picks don't lie. <laughs> I would have went pro, but I couldn't turn right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got you to lean into it. You got to lean yeah, into yeah, it. Yeah. I couldn't get that leg to go over like yeah. the other one. Yeah. I, yeah. I could, yeah. If I was taking a left, I could like high time it. I'd be moving. You know what I mean? But as good as I right, it was like I felt like I was like, you know, chewing gum and walking or something. Drag the toe and fucking go. Yeah, <laughs> but, but you know what? There's definitely, you know, going back to your question, there's definitely like a mix right now. You got these veteran players that, you know, are are honestly like around my age now that never really had that formal training. Then you got these kids coming to NHL at 18, 19 that like from the ground up have had figure skating coaches that have, you know, had all these private lessons that these veteran players didn't have. So you have a mix that, you know, these guys are coming in with unreal like speed and edges and control of the body that these veteran players don't. So I've seen in the past, like I said, six years that I've been doing it, that I get these veteran players like, help me out in the summer here because I'm going to be out of the league quick if I don't. And, um, you know, so it says a testament to where the game's going. Uh, it's improving at a faster rate than I, I think it ever has. And uh, that says a lot about the, the players that want to, you know, the hard work that they're putting in, the coaches that are helping them. Um, and also the veterans that are putting the extra work in, you know, like old dog, new tricks kind of thing. But they're definitely putting the work in to get it there. Who, who was the oldest dog that you had to teach the new trick to? Ah, <laughs> uh, geez. Um, trying to think like you know the, the summers here in Columbus you know like I don't know if you guys have been down to uh Columbus at all seen a game or hung out sometime in Columbus but it's a great town um there's a time there where I was thinking about leaving but um the um you know great hockey town you know it's a sports town you got to OSU here you have um you know just uh, the, the town itself is just awesome but um what really turned my thinking to it was a lot of the ex-pros retire and then come and finish up living here you know, and they can live anywhere. They can go back home, they can do whatever, but they, you know, they really see the value here in Columbus. So it really took me, you know, got me to look around and say, what, what is that all about? And um, just really nice people, the, the way that the city's set up. Um, so, you know, I got um, RJ Umberger still lives here, Rick Nash, you know, a lot of the um, ex-Blue Jackets that moved on came back. So, um, you know, their final years, like Umberger and, um, and Nash, I was very lucky enough to get them on the ice. And um, obviously when you're pulling in guys like that, the young guys are just going to, you know, jump on board and want to be out with them. And um, uh, having both those guys out there definitely showed me what a professional hockey player is like. Um, they just, um, 
from the moment they step into the rink to the moment they leave the rink. They're, you know, talking to kids, helping them out. Um, they get on the ice, they do their job. They, you know, it's always the same. And um, I actually had a kid that um, grew up here in Columbus, got um, drafted by the Blue Jackets, played four years at OSU, actually just signed um, his first uh, pro deal yesterday, Carson Meyer. And, um, you know, just a hard worker. And uh, he has to skate with me my last year that I was coaching um, Rick Nash. And I said, all right, if you want to skate this summer, what I want you to do, I want you to be Nash's shadow. And um, he goes, what do you mean? I said, just watch him. Watch him from the time he gets in the rink till the time he leaves. And that's what it takes to get there. And um, he did, you know, and, and um, it's a testament to um, first Nash just to, you know, have, you know, be a mentor to this, this player and also to Carson Meyer, put the hard work in and, and Carson obviously now three years later is on his route. So. That's awesome. Um, being the, uh, so the uh, job you have uh, as a skating coach and stuff like that, who do you think, like your personal opinion of who's got the best blades in the NHL, not necessarily Columbus. <laughs> like are you talking about the boot and blade or are you talking about the skater no the skater uh, yeah, the so skater yeah the you know it's just all around skater yeah um yeah you get me in trouble can't you um no I, I i talk to the kids um all the time you know like i'm lucky enough like with my job you know um in the morning, you know, I have my mornings uh, set free for the jackets, for the monsters. Um, I still drive up to Cleveland and work with, with uh, AHL team a lot. Um, so I have my mornings pretty set for, you know, my pro hockey players. And then the afternoon, I could be on the ice from a five-year-old kid to a high school team. Um, I run the AAA um, the skating coach, skill coach down here. So I could be, you know, there's eight teams that I got to be out with. Um, I From, you know, every level I get to touch in one day. And, and I feel very fortunate to be able to do that. Um, but they ask me all that, you know, they always ask me that question, like, who's the best skater? Who's the fastest skater? You know, um, I see the same stuff you guys do. McDavid is just unreal. Yeah. You know, like if you watch him and, and, um, the biggest thing that I see that he does, he owns the neutral zone, like no other player. Um, he will circle back around into the defensive zone and he creates his speed back there. He'll do a couple crossovers in the neutral zone and he blows by the defenseman. And I believe that a lot of people see that end result. Oh, wow. He blew by the defense. And I'm like, yeah, but where did that start? Where did he generate that power and that speed? Um, so his, you know, and then obviously his vision, his hands and everything else that he has, but his skating, his, his understanding of using the crossovers. Um, I constantly preach that to the kids. I, I make sure that they understand that they see that he uses his crossovers on the circle. So, um, you know, obviously McDavid, I'm a huge fan of Crosby. He's lower center of gravity, how low he gets, his reach. Um, huge fan of his. Um, McKinnon, oh my gosh. So yeah, my, my analogy with the kids, I'm like, you guys ever play Mario? And they're like, yeah, you know, back in the day or my dad does. Or I'm like, you ever see Mario get a star, you know? And when, when McKinnon picks up the puck in the offensive zone, it's like Mario getting a star. It's like he is on another level that it's like, it, it's crazy. Um, so I'm a huge fan. Like, obviously, he's a little bit more rough around the edges, just more uh, that grit and power. But, you know, his, his edges and his, his, his speed is just unreal. Now, you met uh, Crosby, right? Did I seen a photo on your Instagram? No, uh, that was actually one. No, I didn't. But one of my students. So I um, photoshopped yeah. it. Yeah. 
<laughs> uh, you're you're calling me out here. Uh, yeah, you got me. You got me. No, just, you know, um, so I played um, AAA hockey. I, yeah, fun fact, I was on the first Sun County AAA um, program. I was part of that first team. Um, and Greg Garant um, was our goalie. And he's still in the area. I think he's an Essex boy. And um, he, uh, his son, Mason's an unreal golfer and hockey player. And um, Greg has some connections and things. And so I have the Lee Harris skating system. I started it 12 years ago and I have swag. I have all, you know, that, that fun stuff. And um, so luckily Mason went over to a Red Wing game and pre morning skate and he got to meet uh, all the Pittsburgh players. And um, one of our uh, Jack Johnson was, was uh, here in Columbus for a few years and coached him a bunch and he's out there. So um, I connected them and, you know, but no, I, I've never met Sid, the kid. Uh, it's definitely on my uh, radar. Uh, it'd be Gretzky and then I think Sydney and then uh, McDavid in, in my books. Um, as I think that's a good lineup, don't you think? Yeah, <laughs> do, you, do you think those guys skate just as fast with the puck as without it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, typically in the past they didn't. You know, you'd see like definitely someone flying the pick up the puck. Yeah, um, I think uh, that it goes back to a lot of the development that they're doing now. Um, there'll be a lot of guys that like, I like to start my sessions basically the same. We'll get on the ice and the first like 10, 15 minutes is all edges, just getting down the line, warming body positions up and things. And uh, I'll get guys that will just be like, I want to puck on my stick the whole time. And I'm like, sure. I'm like, just, you know, grab a puck and let's go. So um, I think uh, that's a big testament to their training. Mm-hmm. I was waiting for the, no, you're not getting a puck. Just skate. Oh, sorry, guys. I, I lost you for a second. Oh, we, we had you yep. the whole way. We could hear you. We, we had you. you like, Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. The whole way. Yep. No, I was just waiting for the, no, you can skate. Like, just skate. That's why you're here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. No, I, you know, I like to be both ways. I you know, just focus on your skating, work on the upper body, work where your, you know, uh, your shoulders are going. Let's not focus on the puck. But then there's times where I'm like, yeah, you, you can definitely have the puck for this one. And, you know, um, another big aspect that I like to do um, is and then shrink it down to game game size. You know, so they're understanding the drill. They, they see it They're You know, maybe we'll be in the neutral zone going into the offensive zone with a big skating pattern. And now take the same skating and put that down in the corner. You know, so now they've mastered the skill. They understand where I want the upper body, their shoulders, their lean, their let's put a game like, let's put a puck in there. Let's put some pressure back, you know, and I think that's where, you know, the players, they, they see where it's going and they respect it. Do you do, uh, like, on this topic, do, do you uh, train goaltenders as well? Or are they goaltenders on your I, I get goalies to come out, but um, they typically don't like it because we basically just shoot a ton of rubber at them, you know, like, so, <laughs> like, yeah, so, um, you know, I do get a couple of goalies that, you know, will like be uh, constant, but I'll have a, you know, a flow of goalies that like, oh man, coach, I need a break, you know, um, because, you know, if I'm doing a skating drill, I want to, repetition is huge, you know, so it could be like, we'll be in the middle of the circle and offensive zone, now go up, do a pivot, do a tight turn, come back out, take a shot. Now do that 10 more times. And the goal is like, oh, my gosh, you know, down, up, down, up, following the puck. You know, it's a lot. Do you, uh, do you work with anybody else in the league or just those few teams? Yeah, so um, luckily with my title with the Blue Jackets, I'm a consultant. Um, if they would put the, um, the word coach after that, I'd be hands off during the offseason. But because I am having the consultant, I'm allowed to work, you know, with any player. 
um, during the off season. So that allows me with, like I said, in Columbus, they, um, a lot of guys like to vacation here in the summers, come back to their homes here. So um, we'll get on the ice with any teams. I've been, you know, I got a, a great picture that I had to, you know, get for my dad. I think I, at one point had like six different NHL jerseys on the ice with me. And I'm like, come here guys, I need one of these, you know? Yeah, so, um, you know, which is, you know, unique and, you know, I, I don't forget where I came from and, you know, Harrow has always been good to me. Um, I, um, I, I miss being home a lot, obviously now with COVID and things like that, but I, I still feel like I'm that kid that, you know, grew up in the Harrow arena and to be around uh, the NHL players and stuff. I never take that for granted. It's um, pretty special. And I feel very lucky to have the opportunity to be around these guys. Have you ever been in a colder arena than Harrow? <laughs> hey that, that's why i'm so fast man i was just trying to warm up <laughs> that arena is the coldest arena i've ever been in you my life warm. <laughs> arrow always has the best ice best so. ice yeah uh, I, absolutely and I, I i tell the kids that all the time like we have um i think in columbus and that's another unique thing about us so we have nationwide arena which is in the center of the city and then we have a, a um a 270 which is a highway that goes right around it and we have every 15 minutes another rink kind of how we grew up you know and i talked to the kids down here a lot i said you know they're like how is it growing up in canada is there a rink everywhere i said honestly yeah we have a rink in my hometown then i go 15 minutes through the cornfield and kingsville's there we've got a rink there 15 minutes that way we got amsburg we got Essex, you know and so and a lot of u.s cities aren't like that uh, what we have here in columbus so we're very fortunate to have that but we have a rink here that we call the bubble and it's an old rink. It's one of the oldest rinks here in Columbus and it's the exact same shape as the hair arena. Yeah, exact same arm. shape. The old, yeah. But you know, you know, the, the old golfing bubbles, eh? you go hit, yeah. uh, you know, so it's the same idea as that. But I tell people all the time, here, I'm like, it's my favorite building to coach in. And they're like, why? And I'm like, I feel like I'm home. Yeah. I feel, feel like I'm in hair arena, you know, and I absolutely love being out there. Um, so it's just, yeah, you know, like no matter what you do, where you've gone, I think, uh, there's nothing like your home rink. Make it, make it feel more like home. Get one of those Ram banners, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Man, it, it's unreal. Can you imagine being a weight team and just walking into the hair arena and looking up going, Oh boy. What did I just get into? Have you, have you ever taught somebody and you're like, fuck, I got nothing. <laughs> I, 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 because i'm really hoping that you can teach me and i won't be the first one that you say that about yeah. <laughs> you, you know what I'll, I'll tell you a story about if you know my first student that i ever coached honestly um because i think it, it goes both ways you know what i mean but uh nobody on the on like big boys or anything like that going oh man <laughs> you better move on but um you know when i when i moved out to connecticut so um i was 18 and um, I, uh, I, my coach says to me, he goes, Hey Lee, you know, do you want to make some, some money, you know, coaching and stuff? I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, I've never done it, but you know, he goes, yeah, this dad calls the rink and um, his son is a big role play role hockey player. And he wants to make the high school team, never played hockey. And I said, okay, well, you know, so we sign up for a lesson. I tell his dad, I said, well, let's get him out there and, and, and I'll give him an assessment and whatever. So we get on the ice and uh, yeah, I think, wasn't it Rick, Rick Teleska. And we get out there and I'm like, hey, Ricky, I said, all right, you know, he's looking at me. I'm looking at him. I'm like, oh, I got to coach you, you know, and I'm like, what do, what do I teach you? And then from that moment on and, and to this day, it was just like, like, all right, what helped me? 
you know, and, um, you know, the kid couldn't skate. I don't know if you've been around uh, many roller hockey players that transition to ice that, you know, to, it, it's a lot different, you know, like they stop different, they turn different, you know, uh, but a testament to this kid, you know, I got off the ice and I told his dad, I said, you know, and he was, he was grade eight, you know, and he came to me in the summer and he wanted to make the high school team the next uh, year. So we had like four months, eh? And his dad's like, you know, what, you know, what do you think? And I said, honestly, it's, he needs to come in here three times a week and we need to get him going. And he goes, we'll do it. And, um, he busted his butt and, um, he improved so much that year. He made the team made JV. And then the next year after that made varsity, he ended up being the cap. He, he ended up being the captain of the team his, his senior year, you know? And, you know, so that was like my first, like, you know, obviously student, but also I look back and go, I remember thinking I have something here. You know, because all I did was look at myself, what helps me? You know, I remember sitting there going, well, how do I turn? What do I do in my stride? You know, so um, obviously I had some great co coaches growing, growing up and I, I look back on what they taught me, but there's no rule book, uh, at least back then, how do you teach this stuff? You know, and I was 18 years old. So I was just like, yeah, I'll coach, whatever, you know. So um, that was somebody that, you know, my first, you know, it was a challenge right off the bat, you know, and then, um I was out in Connecticut for five years and I coached the whole time I was there. And then, like I said, I went to, um, did the professional thing and then came back to Columbus and then just from there up started it. Nice. You said you had a short, uh, uh, Tortorella story. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, uh, going back to my, short. <laughs> I, I, I might need to, uh, you know, for this, huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Because you guys so, are the same height, aren't you? I, I think I might have him by an inch. I think I might have him by an inch. Yeah. So he's shorter um, than Warner said. Yeah. <laughs> you said you're 5'8", so he's 5'7"? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, but that doesn't make him not intimidating, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> I've, I've lucky enough in the um, – I think I've, I've been around Torch for five years. Never had him myself in his crosshair, so um, – but no, um, going back to my first year um, with the Jackets – um it uh the first like eight games of that season the jackets lost and um uh, todd richards was the coach and uh the players loved him and he was a coach's player or a player's coach and um they absolutely loved him but obviously someone's got to go so he got canned and um that's when they brought torts in um it worked out well for todd richards obviously congratulations to him yeah. um you know and everything works out he, he was a he's a phenomenal guy and couldn't be happier um for him his son's a great player too um he used to skate with us too so um but yeah so you know gets no torts uh, he just came in with a whole different culture you know he changed you know he expects everybody from you know uh, from myself to you know everybody on the team it has to be accountable you know you got to know your job you need to you know and he, and he expects that and and everyone respects it and if you don't do your job you're going to hear it um, and I think he, he doesn't hold back from anything. And if he blasts you, that's the end of it and do your job and, and that's it. So, um, so I, I think it was a couple of years ago, it was, um, either the development camp or, um, training camp or whatnot on the way into the rink. I saw on social media, like, Oh, happy birthday to torts, you know? So we're standing, we're standing around having coffee and, and talking and such. And, um, you know, he's about to walk away. I'm like, Hey, torts, happy birthday. He looks back and he goes, fuck off. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, 
and every, and everybody, you know, at that point, I assumed everybody knew it was his birthday. And then, you know, everyone started, you know, getting on him and stuff. So, you know, I think that goes back and, you know, there's not many people. There's some people that can say they got a big FU from him, but um, I'll always remember my first FU from, uh, you know, towards. That, that looked like just one of his interviews right now. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, fuck off. Uh, you know how many times you want to say that on TV. For sure. You know for what sure. I mean? Have yeah. you ever seen him just like unload on somebody? Um, no, personally, no. Um, I've been around where I've seen him, you know, say a couple, couple words to him, but not, you know, go off too much. And like, like I said earlier, is that, you know, like oh, I haven't, you know, when the team's on the road, there'll be guys that are still back home that are rehabilitating from injury or if they're, you know, still trying to get in the lineup or what, what have you. Uh, that's typically when I'll in season work with guys. So I don't travel with the team. Um, I'll be up in Cleveland working with the prospects a lot and things like that. So um, I haven't really seen the ins and outs of him, you know, you know, lay into people as much, but, but, you know, I listened to your, uh, your interview with Todd Warner, who um, first of all, I was a huge fan of growing up. Um, you know, when he played for this, when, when he um, played for the Spits, um, I was 10, 11 years old and my dad would uh, bring me up to the old barn and uh, watching him and uh, Corey Stillman and Billy Bowler, man, they, they were, you know, just as good as the NHL guys to me and um, definitely wanted to follow those guys and, you know, huge idols of mine. So your podcast interview with him, I was just on my seat, listening to him and, you know, he's great stuff. But, you know, I, I, you know, he talked about torts and he nailed it on the head is that, you know, when your coach goes to battle for you, you want to go to battle for him, you know, yeah. and um, you know, the NHL is definitely changing. You um, kids are growing up a little different now and, you know, you need to, you know, talk to them a little different and coach them a little differently, but you know, there's still that, you know, your coach needs to go to bat for you and he, torts, you could, you see it. He, he doesn't hide back and, and, um, he brings it every day, and, and guys will respect that and play hard for you. Yeah, well, he definitely seems like uh, one of those coaches where, I mean, he obviously, as the coach, he's allowed to chirp and make his words towards any of his players or any anybody in his, you know, mm -hmm. working within the Columbus Blue Jackets. But as soon as someone outside of the Blue Jackets chirps, yeah. they're in big shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And then, you know what, he's, uh, you know, like, he – he does a lot of great stuff too. He's got a lot of great organizations, you know, that he, he um, you know, fundraising stuff and he's, he's big in the community and things like that. He's, you know, a, as hard as you see him, he's, you know, definitely somebody that gives back a lot and, you know, everyone, everyone loves him. Everyone loves him, especially down here. You know, the, you know, I, again, I, I, I'm lucky enough to, to help out the blue jackets and things like that, but I also help out with the, the, the youth and minor hockey around here. And the, they're so happy to have him and, you know, what, what he's done, what the organization's done um, and what, what the jackets have done in the past few years, you know, um, is a huge testament to him and, and um, Yarmo. So it's been great. Well, you can really tell that guys want to play for him, especially when he give it to that Dubas kid. Oh. And uh, the very next game, he comes out and pots three for him. You know, like, and he gave him shit on national TV, like right coming off the bench. Boom, he's right in his face, giving him shit. And you could tell that kid was upset. Mm -hmm. Very next game, he comes out, gets a hattie. Yep. And you can't do that if you don't have respect. Dubois, right? Yeah, you know, like that, that just shows the character that that kid's got too. And um, obviously he's showing, you know, where his potential is and what he's going to be doing in the next few years because, man, uh, the way that he can skate and um, he's tough in, in the corners and um, but also respond to a coach doing that, you know, 
um, and your team rallying around you too. You know what I mean? It's like the next guy knows that that might be me next shift. You know, I got to make sure I'm doing my job. So, um, you know, the Jack has got a great one in him and um, I think everybody knows that. I can't wait till Columbus fires him and he comes to Toronto. <laughs> I don't know about that. Well, it's my wagon. I'm just putting more shit in my wagon. Right? <laughs> you want to come on? Come on. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> so once uh, you're all friggin' done up there and everything, do you see yourself moving back here? You, you know what? Um, <laughs> there's a lot going on right now. You never know what, what's going to happen, you know? Um, I, I don't know. Like, um, if I talk, uh, you know, the going back to where I came from and, you know, the, the different paths that my career has led me, um, it's hard to say where I'm going to end up. And um, it, looking back, I'm like, wait, how did I end up here? How did this all happen? So um, I, I would love to be closer to family and be, you know, from, from my door to my sister's door in LaSalle is three and a half hours. You know, Tejero is about four, um, which isn't bad. You know, it's like going to Toronto and back. Um, but you know, like, especially with COVID, it's been tough. You know, my, uh, my girls are growing up and my dad and, you know, I haven't, haven't seen him since Christmas and, you know, so it's been tough like that, but, um, I know, you know, I do a, um, a hospice camp in Harrow every uh, Christmas and, um, Windsor Essex County hospice has been, um, was, was incredible for my mom, you know, when she was there. So, um, all the, um, all the, uh, the money that I, I gained for my, uh, my swag and the camps that I do in Canada, all that money goes to the hospice and things. So giving back to Harrow and obviously up in LaSalle uh, with my sister's kids um, is huge on my radar and something that I love doing. And um, I want to do that more. Um, but um, yeah, I have no idea what the, what the future is going to hold, but I would love to. <laughs> what is your favorite story that you like to tell about, training somebody in the NHL Ooh, man favorite story training someone in the NHL uh, so my fate you know thinking about like the most rewarding thing that I think I've had if I look back like and I've told my you know a couple of my buddies this is that if something happened that I had to retire and I couldn't do my job anymore I'd look back on one story and be like this is it you know this is something that like was more rewarding than anything else so um, back in 2016, the, the Cleveland Monsters won the Calder Cup. And um, that was my second year with uh, uh, the Blue Jackets. And I was heavy involved going up there. Um, funny thing, um, from door to door, from my house to the Cleveland pra practice rink, it's an hour and 45 minutes. So I'll get up in the morning, drive up there, do an hour practice, come home. It's about a five-hour journey, you know, with the practice. And um, about 15 minutes from my house, I could put it on AM 800 and get the news up in Windsor. <laughs> and it, it is, the, it, honestly, it's the best thing. And like, I'll call my dad. I'm like, oh, so uh, it sounds like the Canadians are doing good. Flyers had a good night last night. He goes, what? And I'm like, I'm getting AM, AM 800 up here. And I love it, you know. Um, hey, Bell. But, yeah, yeah, I love it. Oh, it, it it's, you know, it makes me feel like I'm, I'm close to home, which, you know, is nice to have, but, you know, spend a lot of time up with those guys and, and helping them out. But um, like I said, 2016, they, um, that team was so stacked. We had, you know, Corpusello, we had um, Josh Anderson, Sedlak, um, you know, uh, Rensky, you know, just left uh, Michigan and came and, and, and I don't, I think the team lost two or three games at playoffs when they won. Um, I was lucky enough to be up there for the winning game and down on the ice and um, just all the guys are celebrating and things like that. And all of a sudden I turn around and there's a massive guy just standing there, 
you know, I'm like, Oh, and it's one of the players. And he looks down at me and he goes, thank you. And he hugs me, you know? And from that moment on, I was just like, it can't get any better than that. You know, like these guys respecting what you do and they see, you know, everything that goes into it and getting a thank you after all that hard work. And, you know, it's like, that's what it's all about. You know? I mean, I, I took power skating when I was younger and maybe I didn't realize like when I was taking it or, you know, the few weeks after the next season, but as years went on and I kept playing, that's when I realized how much it helped me, you know? Yeah. You know, I, I was thinking about that too, knowing that I was going to sit down with you guys and um, looking back to the minor hockey and um, you know, Harrow is a small town and I tell the kids down here all the time. They always ask like, where did you grow up in Canada? Where? No, I'm like Harrow. They're like, where? And I said, one stop late, but one <laughs> rink, <laughs> but one rink, you know what I mean? And, and, you know, like there's something to that. And I said, you know, I lived, you know, my dad's still the barber there in Harrow and, you know, we just walked to the rink. It's like three blocks away, you know? So we were always there and, and always into it. And, um, but it was so small, but if you look at the history of Harrow, you know, and all the players that have come out of there and, um, I look back and, you know, even just in my, like my group of guys, like Colton Fredder and, and Josh Savitz, you know, like those two guys right there. And, um, you know, Heath Hendershot, Steve Casillas and Nick Boudreaux, Adrian Doyle, you know, these guys all went on to like have college careers or, you know, went even further than that, you know, obviously Fredder, you know, drafted Atlanta and played a huge career in, um, in Europe. But, you know, and then, then guys after that, you know, and, and guys that you guys are talking to. And it, it's a tiny town, you know, and um, seeing that and seeing where all the development comes and, and where it's heading is um, pretty awesome. Um, talking about Fredder, you want to hear a story? My best story about Fredder? Because I've been trying to get him on with us. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm sure, I'm sure he'll, he'll come out. I'll, I'll put a good word in. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, you know, Colton and I, like Colton's a year younger than me, but um, you know, so we have that major minor thing going and um, Colton and I always had like major respect for each other, but we just like, you know, there was that, like that competition aspect that just pushed the heck out of us. We were great friends, but it was just like, you know, let's just keep going. Let's go, you know, and you don't understand it when you're in it, but you want it. You're like, all right, this guy, you know, is doing awesome. Let, let's work harder. And, you know, and I think that's kind of what like small towns really, you know, help out with kids like that, you know, is that, you know, you both want, you, you all want to get better. You're pushing each other and things. So um, after Colton, you know, kept going with his hockey career and we stayed in touch and I knew that he was coming to the end of his career the past couple of years. And so I texted him, I said, Hey, what are you doing this off season? And be like, well, I'm traveling or I'm doing this. I'm not gonna be home that long. And I said, just promise me one thing that one of your last years, you'll come down and you'll train with me for, you know, and get on this with some of the guys that I'm skating. He goes, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I think it was his final off season. He was home and he calls me up. He goes, Hey, I, um, I'm going to come down and skate with you. I'm like, perfect. So just by chance, the day that he decides that he can come down and works out in both our schedules, it's Rick Nash, RJ Umberger, Carson Meyer, like that guy that the player that has told you about Colton Fredder and me. So <laughs> he comes down and um, we're putting on our stuff, catching up. We haven't seen each other in a couple of years. We've talked, but we haven't seen each other. And he's telling me stories about, you know, Europe playing and things like that. And um, we get on the ice and, you know, Nash is skating around. Our burger's warming up. I look at Colton. I'm like, not too bad for two Harrow boys, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and he's like, yeah, this is pretty awesome. So we had an unreal session. You know, they all worked hard and, you know, it was great. And at the end, we're like, well, let's do a shootout, right? 
And as you guys know, Fredder just knows how to put the puck in the back of the net. And um, so we go down and I, I was probably the first one. Uh, I was the first guy out. And, uh, you know, it ended up being, you know, like if you didn't score, you were out. It ended up being Nash and Fredder and Colton beat him. Oh. So, <laughs> so Colton looks at me, he goes, yeah, I should retire now. <laughs> <laughs> go out on a good note. I, I actually got a funny story about him, Colton. So uh, it was probably two years ago. Do you know the – Roscoe there and uh, Harrow there. So he comes back to play in it. He's playing with the Whalers, I believe. Yeah. So he's playing with like Pip and Fire and like all those guys, right? They had like Salter. They were just complete wagon, these guys. So they, so Fredder takes one stride. He's three strides ahead of everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Gets the puck off the opening face off, playing us, right? Gets the puck. Dances around three guys, fakes a slap shot, goes around both the undresses the goalie, scores. Yeah, and it's like eight seconds into the game. Oh, I mean, I so, grew up with that. <laughs> we all we're all laughing. Refs like, no, well the goal don't count, and you have to go to the box. Like, Why? He's like, because you faked your fucking slap shot, so your stick was over your head. <laughs> we were all laughing at him. So the goal didn't count. The guys on his bench were laughing. So he's. In the box, who comes down the steps, his, uh, I believe it's his girlfriend, comes walking down the steps, reaches around, hands him a beer. He's sitting in the penalty box drinking a beer during the game. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. Now, we were all laughing, but he was just so good out there. There was yeah. just one freaking team in there. They allowed one goal the whole freaking tournament. I guess mm-hmm. scored the goal on him. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it, I'm not surprised in the least. And, you know, the thing is, is that, like, I had the skating. I know that, you know, and, and you know, like, I knew that I was great on my edges. And, you know, back then I was two steps in front of everyone, you know. But Colton had a vision. He knew where the puck was going and the puck was coming to him, you know. And he just knew how to put the puck in the back of the net. Um, great player. And like I said, he was somebody that, you know, I learned a lot from. He was a year younger, but, you know, loved having him on my team. Um, great guy, you know, like he's, uh, doing well. He's poor guy was, um, he's engaged and, um, you know, with COVID and everything and you had planned the whole wedding and he had to push it back, push it back. I don't know where it's end up now, but you know, with everything that's going on, he's having a rough time getting married, <laughs> but you know, he's, uh, you know, he's definitely been someone that, um, my whole life has been, um, a great friend, but also having that guy push you along. Yeah. He's a beaut. Yeah. Anything else for him or you guys all, uh. I'm good. All right, Lee. Yeah. Thanks, so thanks much, for coming man. on. That was, that was awesome, great. bro. Yeah. Yep. Right. Okay. Interesting, big time. No, no. Thanks for the opportunity, guys. I, uh, you know, I, I think what you guys are doing is is awesome. I wish you the best of luck. You know, anything from Harrow or just Essex County alone. You know, um, you know, I should have mentioned too, is that you know, when I first started here in um, in Columbus, you know, like I said, I had um, Kirby Reichel, you know, on the team. I had, um, gosh, what's his name from Kingsville boy, Dalton Prout, Dalton Prout, my bad, you know, like it, it was crazy. Yeah. Dalton Prout, you know, like a, a phenomenal guy, you know, like, uh, the first time I saw him, he was just like, you're from Harrow Kingsville, you know, you got this constant connection, you know, and that's the thing with hockey and, and, you know, hometowns and where you're from. It's like, no matter where you go, um, it, it just, it just brings you together and, um, it's, it's awesome. 
shocked he didn't ask you to fight knowing that was- <laughs> yeah no I, I was too fast to get away from him you know <laughs> well, i just but like it- to wish you the best of luck you and the columbus blue jackets yeah. and your hockey school yeah. and and all mm-hmm. the success in the world to you bro for sure yeah yeah thanks guys thanks for having me on and, and good luck to you and uh I'm, i can't wait to see you guys when uh this covid thing lifts we really yeah, appreciate absolutely. it thanks. yeah thanks guys and this next episode of hat trick hockey is brought to you by direct electric serving the windsor essex county area for all your electrical needs call 519-796-8913 that's direct electric Around the corner, around the clock. And there he was, folks, Lee Harris. What a guy. That tort story was great. Fuck off. <laughs> was great. Who, yeah. says that? Who says that when you wish him a happy birthday? Yeah. And you can see him just saying it, too. Yeah. It was a great interview, man. Like, good story about the whole full circle. I wanted to be in the NHL a little bit too small. And at the end of the day, he's in the NHL. I know it's nuts, man. That guy worked his ass off. So way to go, Lee. Congrats, buddy. Wish you all the best. Um, yeah. Well, what do you got, buddy? You said you had some notes over there for us, eh? What do you got, yeah, kid? Actually, I thought it was going to be a quiet week, but it turned out it was a little bit busy. Um, we got the 2021 IHF World Championship schedule is out for Canada. Uh, first time in IHF. Uh, it's not, we don't start on the first day. Mm-hmm. First game in Canada is against Germany on Boxing Day. On the 27th, we got Slovakia. On the 29th, we got Switzerland, Finland on New Year's Eve. Uh, so, again, that starts on Christmas Day, man. It'll be uh, great to be listening to some hockey and, uh, you know, eating some turkey and stuff like that. Another thing I actually found out is they're going to be using the Edmonton bubble, supposedly. Oh. And what they're trying to figure out is, is if the, if the, if the, uh, the IHF and, you know, hockey in general will accept if the teams coming in take a test, like for the coronavirus, at the airport upon arrival in quarantine, mm-hmm. and all pass if they are allowed directly into the bubble. Oh. So I can imagine if that is what's happening, if they're going to try and, like, get that to work. I mean, there's going to be all eyes on the IHF and how that goes, especially for any league going OHL, NHL, mm-hmm. like everyone will be watching. That. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. But they, they should do the bubble though. It's, that's the safest way. Yeah. Well, they're going to do the bubble. But what I'm saying is, is the two week quarantine from teams flying in. Yeah. Rather than the two week quarantine. Just making tests. Mm-hmm. If they're all in a quarantine at the airport and all do tests and they all pass, yeah, they are directly allowed into the bubble. Yeah. Now, will so, they will they have to test like every day or every other day, like the players do too? Yeah, within the bubble. Yeah, like you're yeah. going to have the same testing as you would have back when the NHL was playing and all that kind of business. But mm-hmm. what I'm saying, I think it's just to subtract that whole two week two- quarantine. Or quarantine, but I'm saying, like, I mean, as other leagues in this country, or you know, mm-hmm. yeah, after seeing the bubble this year, I think a lot of a lot of countries and teams are trying to figure out how to make it work, you know. And if if the IHF lets this pass and that succeeds, that might, uh, you know, kind of release the pressure on everybody for how we're going to go forward. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I agree. Everybody needs to release pressure. I love it. 
Yeah. <laughs> I just want to shout out Mike. Doc, can I, can I yeah, sorry, Mike. Um, about, about that, will there, will there be checking? Will there be a lot of checking because of, like, look at, look at the AHL. They, they are. No touching. Yeah. You know, so they're in a bubble, though. Yeah. That's, that's mm-hmm. the difference. Hmm. If you're in a bubble, it's just the same hockey game. Do whatever, you know, same game. You know what I mean? But yeah. if there's no bubble available, I can't be near you. Right. Because <laughs> I'm just curious how, 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 how are teams going to come in and play like the Spitfires say? You know? It, what about the 14-day quarantine? They're not going to be able to. They're, they'll probably have to move to the States and play out of an arena over there, wouldn't they? Wouldn't you think? I would think so. I'm gonna like. I think when it comes down to that, that's what I mean. Like uh, teams like that, leagues like that, are going to be watching very closely on the IHF to see if they allow this. Because if they allow this, it's going to change up everything that we've been talking about for the last two weeks. Right. How we've been saying it's going to has to be a bubble. Right. Lisa McLeod, you're an idiot. You know what right. I mean? That's what we're talking about a lot. Well, I'm just saying the only way to go about it is either the bubble. But then when you've got people flying in from other countries, be it the States or be it abroad, you know what I mean? Like um, they're going to have to do this test prior to even leaving the airport or it's a two week quarantine. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, but if it passes teams like that, maybe they'll do the same thing for teams flying in from the States to right. here, you know, we'll see. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. It's going to be well, really just, you know, Saginaw stays in the league and, and gets to play, you know, in the OHL when they have to come into Canada all the time. Mm-hmm. All the teams they play. What's the other team? Plymouth. Plymouth. So you got Plymouth and Saginaw. And you got uh, Flint too. Flint. Oh, right. Yeah. right. So they're in there too. So there's three teams. I don't know. So maybe they're, they're just hoping. Or those teams aren't going to be in the OHL. Maybe they're just hoping that everything's going to be kind of open by then and they're going to be able to cross by like Christmas time. But I don't think that's going to happen. That ain't happening. All I think too is, I mean, it's, it's not the first time teams have been swapped from one league to the other. I mean, there's been the WHL and the ECHL. You know what I mean? Leagues have swapped around all the time. Mm-hmm. And we might end up with an actual Ontario hockey league just on terror yeah yeah that'd be different eh it's crazy times it is crazy times what else you got wall doc emmerich mike doc emmerich retired uh 74 years old he commentated 3750 nhl professional games he's basically the voice of the nhl in the usa you if you yeah. listen to playoff hockey in the states you're listening to doc emmerich mm-hmm. um, he's called 22 stanley cup games he's called 45 game sevens Wow. You know, he was inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame 2008. Uh, he's done, uh, you know, I mean, he's, he's famous for his cup finals. He's also done six Olympics. I mean, uh, the famous calls I remember in my mind of him would be Detroit's win, cup, Pittsburgh's, New Jersey Devils, when he, when Odur uh, scored the playoff goal that one time, that he's just yeah. screaming. Like, yeah, I mean, the, the guy's a legend. So, I mean, yeah. obviously, uh, it's a sad day that he's retired because, you know, who, who's next? But uh, congratulations to that guy for sure. I wish yeah. it was me. <laughs> wish I was retired. I wish I was retired. <laughs> yeah, Don't yeah. we all? But other than that, I just wanted to mention, too. So as I was reading up on that kind of stuff, I seen a picture of him. So it's Doc Emmerich standing at uh, 
like where New Jersey plays. So they're, they're mm-hmm. you know, they're doing the New Jersey Devils game. And right beside him, Chico Resch. Oh, yeah. That guy was my favorite goaltender when I was a kid. And I wasn't even a, a, an Islanders fan. Wow. That guy's awesome. I had like the old school Colorado uh, Rockies jersey on. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's rocking that like a champ. <laughs> I mean, he got his cup in 89 90, I think it was, but I mean, he was kind of overshadowed by your buddy, Billy Smith. So, mm-hmm. fucking love that guy. Hacksaw Billy, Billy Smith. Yeah. <laughs> that guy was nuts. Yeah. Complete uh, fucking psycho. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got a bunch of other signings that did happen. Trevor Daly also retired, actually. That just happened today for Pittsburgh. Yeah. A thousand NHL games, uh, two Stanley Cups. Used to play for Detroit. Did you see that he already signed a advisor role with uh, with them as well? Yeah, good for him. Like, that quick. Already signed yeah. to work in the office. So, good for him. Why not? Yeah, good for him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, but I mean, other than that, we got a bunch of other signings. Uh, and Connor Brown from uh, signed with Ottawa, signed a three-year, ten point eight million dollar. Played for Toronto for a few years. I liked him; mm-hmm. I thought he was fantastic. Uh, Jake Vertanen signed two years, two point five five with Vancouver. Wow. Uh, the Stars signed Gurianov again, Golianov. Yeah. You got enough. Years two point five five. So there you go. If, if I think if Gurionov's getting two point five five, referring to your question from before, Bertuzzi can't be getting any more than one point five. Yeah, I think I was right on, right in the area with him. Yeah. Do you know how much uh, Bertuzzi was asking for? Yeah. I think right. he was. I think he was around two point four or two point five or something. So they were about a million bucks apart. So that's why they have to go to arbitration. So if he's trying to say he's as good as fucking Gurry enough, uh, someone's got to give him a little shake. Yeah, I would agree. Did but, you also see that uh, they there was a lot of GMs that were bitching about that draft lottery, eh? And they're going to change it all around again. Well, they should. They just do it the fucking oh, old school way. Detroit gets fucked first and then change it. <laughs> <laughs> they already did twice. <laughs> <laughs> he must be a leaf fan. after his stick at the Detroit. Fuck. You guys are brutal. Uh, you guys are. You guys are. Classic. Will, classic. Will that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey, there's no swearing on here. <laughs> Fuck you, Tortorella. <laughs> Fuck off. Fucking god. <laughs> You guys are animals. animals. But I just want to also uh, give a shout out to the ladies too, because uh, Pro Women Hockey lands a $1 million sponsor, secret deodorant, and pursuit of their pro league. Uh, they're trying to get it so they don't have to go to work and play hockey as professionals. So, yeah. I mean, I, I wish them all the best and congratulations on that as well. Yeah, Definitely. congratulations. That's fantastic. Girls hockey's getting huge, man, and they're, they're doing it right. They're taking all the right steps. They're, it's, Dude, look at the All-Star game last year, right? They had the freaking uh they had uh Canada and like US. They were the they were the best part of the All-Star game. Yeah. Remember that? They were like end to end action. I think it was a one one I think one goal was scored. And it was by yeah. uh it was by Canada, but man, it was awesome. Like they were they played hard. So yeah. so shout out to them, man. I I hope uh I hope everything works out for them. And you know what? It, 
they're right. Like if you're playing pro hockey, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have to work a job while you're playing pro hockey. That hockey should be your job. Yes. It's not not the fifties anymore. You know what I mean? Like these girls, girls are professional athletes. They work just as fucking hard as the guys do, you Mm -hmm. know, whether it's coaching or whether it's playing the game, they're, they're amazing. You know, like uh, I love, I love watching it. They're quick. Or if they did get this going and, and, and got the ball rolling and, and you know what they're doing and keep doing what they're doing and they're picking up you know good, good sponsors and like you know keep keep it rolling mm-hmm. like you're gonna see the interest you know what I mean there's gonna yeah. be people showing games you know what I mean it's, it's irrelevant if it's a male or a female it's hot you know mm-hmm. what I mean so sure as shit there's gonna be some fans. Mm-hmm. And not to mention too, it gives the little, uh, the like little ones nowadays too, the little like girls and stuff. It gives them somebody to like look up to that is a female figure in like hockey, right? And they don't have to wait once every three or four years or whatever to see them play, right? Yeah. yeah. So, I I hope it works out. I hope it works out for them. Seriously, I really do. I think it would be good for just hockey in general. So, best of luck to the ladies. Well, I, I think it was really good for them on their part when they uh, went on strike, you know? Yeah. yeah. I said, fuck you to everybody. Yeah, mm-hmm. And good for them. Yeah. I think the only way that would change anything, right. There, there, you know, it was going nowhere forward. It opened a lot of eyes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Good for them. Good job. Well, congratulations, girls. Do you guys uh, have anything else or you guys pretty well good? How about Buffalo signing uh, oh. Ryan? Yes. Sam. Another nice Five million, five point two million for a one-year contract. Wow. Yeah, that is big bucks for one year. For what's yeah. Going on right now. So look at look at the wagon they're building over there in Buffalo. Oh yeah, they're gonna have Taylor Hall, big old lips flying down the wing, fucking blonde hair flapping. They're gonna fucking love him there, man. Are you kidding me? And then now they got Reinhardt in there. They still have Eichel. So. <laughs> Buffalo may may shove it right up my hoop <laughs> because remember I was I was saying I was shitting on them before then now watch now they're going to be awesome. Well, I think we were all kind of shitting on them. I mean, you know, <laughs> after this and you know the players they're they're bringing in and stuff like that, they might just take the wood off the windows downtown. Yeah, maybe a couple boards at a time. Maybe. Whoa. <laughs> we'll see. Hopefully, maybe they'll get all, all dressed. Chicks. They always play well tough, you know that. They, they always play Toronto tough, like so. I'm I'm glad Canada's in their own fucking division now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, imagine look at all the Battle of Alberta games we're gonna get. It's gonna be awesome. Oh, I can't wait. We need to get uh, Cassian on here to talk Battle of Alberta. Yeah. Well, so not only that, Toronto and Montreal, some original stick shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is gonna be fucking amazing. We should talk to our boy Pumple who is good buddies with Zach, and maybe we can get him on. That'd be good. So, wow. Pumps, when you're listening. Pump, hook us up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, brother. Hook us up. Um, all right. Other than that, I don't have any notes. What? You guys want to drink beer? Uh, the only thing I had left was uh, Adam Godet got signed. Uh, like A guy like Adam Godet, man, that guy's pretty fucking big. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, Adam got that Vancouver picked him up for nine hundred and fifty grand, man. I think that's a steal. Yep, forgot that. He, that's he, he's a very good player. 
that's my long lost brother. That, the only thing I had left other than that was uh, Arizona Coyotes hired Bill, Bill Armstrong, uh, assistant GM out of St. Louis. He's been there for years. He was mm-hmm. there for the cup. They've done some work. They picked up uh, Pitlick, Larson, Hayden. You know what I mean? They're just trying to compliment Keller and, Sch- and uh, Schmaltz. Mm-hmm. Uh, they made the playoffs this year and have added a couple of key players. Like, so they might be making a little push down there in uh, big, bad Arizona. It's weird that some of the teams that aren't normally in the mix now are getting into the mix like big time. Like Buffalo came out of nowhere. Arizona's kind of doing the same thing. Like it's, it's going to be, I give it like a few years from now, those teams that are normally aren't in the mix are going to be in the mix because they can afford it now. Right. They didn't spend all that, that big cap. They didn't do all that where they're in all these freaking all these issues with like money and stuff. So now they can pay their, in a way it's kind of perfect timing, no? Well, what I think personally, I just personally think you're on a shortened season. Mm-hmm. Less games. You got a better chance of making it with less games. If you are that team you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to make it go for it, like get on it, you know what I mean? Because these are going to be right. short seasons. until All this coronavirus stuff falls up like goes away. So mm-hmm. Uh, that's your best shot, and that goes for any team in the NHL. This this season's actually going to be a stunner, I think. Mm-hmm. Which is also probably oh, why. What's that, Rob? I said, was it was it was it Julian or Tortorella? One of them was saying that every game that they played in that bubble was a game seven. You know what I mean? From yeah. start to finish, mm-hmm. that's how we wanted you to play. Yeah. yeah. You know, guys are going to have to start looking at this season the same way. Because every game is going to fucking mean something. It's going to be a grind. Yeah. Like, who who wants a cup? That's what it's going to yeah. be. You know what I mean? And, and you know those guys that, uh, you know, put, you know, at the beginning of the year, they're kind of lagging. You know what I mean? Oh, they say, you know, I got to be a, you know, I'm just not I'm a playoff guy. You know yeah. what I mean? Those guys? We'll get you there and then you take over. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm just saying, whoever is getting on board this year better be ready to go and that's out of the gates. If you guys had to call it right now, based of everything that's like happened in the off season so far, if you had to pick right now, who's going to win the cup? Ah, uh, putting you guys on the spot. Dallas Stars. Ooh, great call, Wally Rob. Seriously, you're going to say fucking Toronto, aren't you? I was going to say fucking Toronto. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Well, Toronto, are you, like, joking? Yeah, Jumbo Joe, joking? for fuck's sake. Okay, true. All right, so Rob's going Toronto. I'm going Las Vegas. Las- I, just so we're clear, I want Toronto. To win. <laughs> oh, of course you do. I know that. <laughs> I just, all I'm trying to get at is Dallas did all their signings. They basically got everybody back. And after the year, how their year ended, I see them coming back, you know, mm-hmm. with the taste of blood a little bit. They're going to want to come back and – do it again the right yeah. way this time. No, you know, same, same, same ending, but no injuries, and maybe a different ending for the uh, you know who won the cup. Mm-hmm. And, and in all honesty, if I take Toronto out of the equation, I'm looking at Buffalo. Really? Like Why? Because I think they got a bunch of rockets on that team. <laughs> a bunch of dad rockets. For sure. <laughs> Fucking doing something there too, you yeah. know. And, and the season ain't over, and you know it seems like they want something there for Eichel. Mm-hmm. 
So they're building a team around this fucking kid. Do you think he's a little excited right now? I bet oh, you. I, I bet he's stoked. Yeah. <laughs> he's sitting with a rocket in his hand all day. <laughs> didn't didn't they sign him or whatever they did to go talk to Buffalo and shake some sense at him? You know what I mean? He made mm-hmm. his statement clear. I'm not happy. You know what I mean? Who would be happy? But uh, I'm stuck in place, and you guys ain't gonna do shit. I just got to do it all by myself. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, play on my contract. Play, play on my contract. Yeah. You know, I'm just wasting time here. That's what I was talking about before. Like, are you just wasting a career away? You know what I mean? But then you see. Your management go in and grab all. They go and grab Reinhardt. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. good for them. Like, get get moving, man. You've been right yeah. in this league longer than a lot of teams. Get your ass moving, Buffalo. Let's go here. Let's go with the all dressed chips, too, right, Rob? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know what? <laughs> Buffalo wasn't bad. No. You know they weren't a fucking Detroit. No. So nobody was a know, Detroit. They, they they were doing <laughs> something, and, and it just seemed like it was on that poor kid's shoulders all the mm-hmm. time. So now, now, obviously, when he said, I want out of Buffalo, they said, okay, hold on, you know, let's see what we can do. Mm-hmm. And here you go. And here you go. And here you go. What yeah. do you think about that? Now you don't hear nothing about Michael wanting no. out of Buffalo. No, you don't. So, you know, obviously, they 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 talked to him like they didn't talk in Chicago to Taze yeah. and Kane. Yeah. Was it them who was like white hot last year, like right out the gates? Wasn't it Buffalo who went on this? Like, yeah. yeah, they went on this crazy tear, and then all of a sudden, they just everything was just boom. They just crashed. Well, you get injuries and shit like that, right? And then, and then the next thing you know, like you you don't have, you know, four guys on the team that that are contributing, and now you're mm-hmm. bringing up, you know, your your minor system, and what do you got there? Yeah. Not only that, you picked up all, and then you got like. Uh, I mean, just to say it again, Phoenix made the playoffs this year, man. You know what I mean? And I'd I'd have to say, oh, it was part of that. You know what I mean? For sure. He he played pretty well. I mean, when he first got there, it was kind of like he played awesome, and then he just kind of faded out for a bit. But then at the end of the day, you know, he put up some pretty good numbers there and, you know, helped them get to the playoffs. So Mm -hmm. who says he can't do it with Buffalo? Oh, I think they will. He's going to be a big help there for sure. Yeah. How many goals do you think he gets? One for sure. <laughs> I'm going to give him at least more than 40. one, less than 140. I'll say, I'll, well, I mean, I'll say 40 goals, 38 assists. Ooh. Rob, if you had to guess, just, just goals. Wally's getting, well, Wally's locking in on the assist too. Oh, 78 points. Very good. <laughs> I say, with Hall being there? No, Hall going there. How many goals do you think he gets? 45. You're going 45, eh? Yeah. I'm going to say he's going to go like between 30 and 35. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, but. I'm looking at him in the 80-point to 100-point range. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. He's a stud. Oh, yeah. I think oh, anything stud. less than that for him is a little bit of a disappointment, no? Well, especially after all this shit's gone down, right? Nah. The, the waves he made. And you saw so, and you sign eight mil for one year. Yeah, yeah. That's a bold statement. Not only that, like I mean, I can't wait to see what their power play looks like. Show oh. me that lineup. Oh, just throw everybody, throw all the wagons out on the ice there. Let them go. Yeah. Fucking tell them rip it from everywhere. Give her. Yeah. All right, fellas. That was good. That was good, guys. <laughs> Killing it today. We're yeah. buzzing. All right, fellas. 
I'm all set. What about you guys? Oh, hey, did, did you guys saw that picture I sent you with uh, Matthews and, and his T-shirt clapping b- bombs and wheeling moms? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Don't miss me. Getting one. She said, no, you're not. She's like, you're not wheeling moms. I'm like, are you not a mom? Yeah. And she's like, you're an idiot. <laughs> Holy boy. Oh boy. All right, boys. We're we're all set. <laughs> Clapping moms and wheeling moms. We'll leave, we'll end on that note. Um <laughs> Aunt Rob Wally signing off. Until next week, everybody. Take care. Bye. Peace out. Morning, it's another pure grey morning Don't know what the day's holding And I get up fight home and I walk right into the path of a lightning bolt The siren of an ambulance comes howling Right through the centre of town and one blinks an eye And I look up to the sky for the path of a lightning bolt